you can do something tough and trying to teach my athletes that they can do tough things too. And so I noticed myself saying, even to my kids, a lot of the time, it's not so much about getting away from things that are hard. It's about leaning into them a little bit and knowing you can get through it. And that is, I think, a lesson everyone should learn. And, and I've started noticing with some of my younger athletes that I coach, they don't have that mindset necessarily yet because... I don't know, maybe our generation is padding a lot for our kids. And, you know, you don't want to see your kid go through something hard and you don't want to see people struggle. But knowing that actually you're better off when you get to the other side of that is a huge lesson. Welcome back or welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are Jess and BJ, and we are here to shine a light on people looking, finding, and living their purpose. Peeps that are taking risks, going big, doing things they never thought they'd do, and learning about themselves through the process. We love to dive in, we love to laugh, and we love to find the meaning between the words. We're excited to have two amazing ladies with us today who embarked on an epic adventure, believed in themselves, experienced the feels, and went for it. Carol Wilson and Jen McMahon are the stars of the documentary Road to 50 Miles, which chronicles the journey of these two women as they train and run their first 50-mile ultramarathon. Yeah, I said first, because you know, you just never know what may come next, ladies. After just finishing a marathon, Carol was at a birthday party receiving all the accolades about her accomplishment until a friend asked that inevitable question, what's next? This is when the seeds were planted for Kara to take on the next logical step in ultra marathon. Well, that was after she found out what an ultra actually meant. Jen, running coach and perfect target for Kara to coax into her craziness, was about to be asked to do something that she too never considered before. So on a seemingly normal day at an elementary school pickup, Kara planted the seed for Jen and after what appears to be many asks, Jen relented, signed up, and the cameras began to shoot. BJ and I are excited to have these amazing runners, moms, and girl gang members with us today. Ladies, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, um, let's dive right into the training. Like you guys were not, you were not ultra marathoners and you actually had to learn what an ultra marathon was. Jen, you may have already known what an ultra was at this point, but you had done marathons. You, you had been running regularly. Kara, I know you ran, um, as a kid and in school and things like that. So tell us a little bit about the training. How do you begin to bridge that gap between what you were doing and going ultra long? So for me, um, I did a lot of research. Um, when, when I think of running, I also think of reading. So I read a lot of books. Um, but one of the things um, I wanted was a training plan. And what I kept facing on the internet a few years ago was there was none for an ultra. They have um, many plans for half marathons, marathons, 5Ks, as you know. But there wasn't really anything to get you to a proper plan because no one really knows or they do know, but they don't know if that's right for you. So I finally stumbled upon um, Chrissy Mail's new book, um, Running Your First Ultra. And 
I couldn't believe it when when I received it. It was not only just a plan to guide you week per week, but also to give you different ideas for cross training, um, what diet you may want to choose, um, and things that will come along the way that we can prepare for. So for me, reading and running, <laughs> the, mm -hmm. that was a great combination. And Jen, being a running coach and um, getting sucked into this great adventure, <laughs> what were you able to provide in terms of like customizing this plan for you guys? Because like, a, even though it sounds like she covered other topics other than, you know, just this template, we know we're not templates. So yeah. when, when we look at like an already scheduled plan, it doesn't take into effect like challenges and stresses of everyday life, like that unique individual. And that requires self-regulation. So as a coach, what were you able to bring to that in order to get you guys to the starting line healthy? Oh, yeah, it actually worked out really well because I bought the same book so that we're both in, on the same page. But what we generally did was we took the mileage that she posed weekly and we sort of embedded it in our own lives. So Kara and I don't run at the same time. We didn't run together most of the time. But what we did was we tried to fit her mileage in our day. So I would squeak a bunch of miles in the morning. And then a little bit throughout the day, Kara would drop the kids off at school and go out and get her run in. So, yeah, we just tried to use her mileage as a guideline and... And she had a range, too, so we tried to fit somewhere in her range each week. And how did you feel about um, giving yourself permission not to do the entire mileage in chunks, but in, instead break it up? Because as most athletes are, it's like, this is what it says. Like, I need to go 10 miles today. I need to go run 10 miles. And having that flexibility and... Um, and self-confidence basically to say, well, if I do three here and five this afternoon, it's still the same thing. Yeah. Well, actually, that was really hard for me because mm -hmm. I felt like the long mileage was probably the thing that was going to get you over the hump. But at the same time, we had been reading that like your legs remember everything. And so at the end of the day, if you're putting all this mileage on your legs, you can't discount that either. So it was one of those um, leap of faiths, I think, a little bit, where you had to, we took the long mileage as much as we could. I mean, if it said do a half marathon, we did. Um, but there were days where you had to break it up and just get your run in when you could. Yes. Yeah, so the first couple times where it said, like, run your first half, you know, you're, for, you're running a half marathon, you're doing a full marathon. But when it came to like the second or third marathon that we had to run prior to our race, we started breaking it out during the day. We, we were like, we can do that. Or we could also do things that we have to get done during the day as well. I remember there was a time that was like Super Bowl Sunday. And there was in our in our town, there's a local Super Bowl Sunday race. And so I was supposed to do a half marathon that day. And I went out and ran like three miles in the morning. And then I ran to the race, did the 5K. Then I did the 10K. And then I ran home. And that was my training for that day. It's hard. And she got medals. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> so, sorry. Uh, yeah, so it ended up being like weight training, right? You're like running <laughs> with a medal around your neck. But I think those are such epic days, you know, like running to a race, doing the run, running home when everybody else is like wrapped in the, you know, the tinfoil <laughs> blankets and you're like, see you later, sisters, I'm <laughs> out of here. Um, 
What about cross training? What did you guys do for cross training? You know, maybe, maybe you didn't do anything, but you know, running can be, you know, that impact and keeping fitness through cross training. Did you guys do anything like that? So for me, I always like to use weights when I'm training for a run, which I haven't been doing lately, which is so annoying, but I love um, weight training. But the thing that relaxed me the most, because I needed muscle relaxation, and I tried some yoga. I'm a beginner yoga person. (laughs) But what I ended up doing was a class with a bunch of elderly people. (laughs) And it was the aquatics (laughs) class. And it was amazing. Every time I, I had a long run and I went to the aquatics class, which was held in the afternoon, and I was the youngest one by like 40 years, I felt fantastic. I felt younger. <laughs> but it's a big I, no, of the but ego. like seriously, your bones and everything, you just feel like a new person. It was so amazing. I loved it. <laughs> I recommend it. Yeah, you know, Beach Sons encourages, I should say. We, you know, mm-hmm. we have triathletes on our team, but we also have people that are just um solely runners. And he encourages all of our runners, including me, to get into the pool for recovery. Because yeah. the well, you can speak to it, Beach. What is the what does yeah, the not water only, do? Uh, so the it displaces the the weight that you're you're putting on your body. So obviously it's gonna be I think it's ninety percent. There's some high percentage of displacement. So you're able to move the body without the impact that running would do but Mm -hmm. also if you're in a pool you're getting the compression because there is compression in a confined space Mm -hmm. so you're getting that compression recovery and if it's if your pool temperature is on the cooler side you're even getting an added bonus where you're getting that that cold um that cold factor so there's plenty there's so many benefits to it uh we just find that the runners specifically are the ones that are hesitant to jump in, but clearly you found success in, in, joining, I did. in joining that. Um, it's jazzercise in the water, but I have to say, I would feel like a million bucks. I would come home and I'd tell my husband, I don't know why I feel so good after this. He's like, I don't know. I think that works. I really do. And it just, it seems like the ego got a little boost too, right? Like you You probably like the best in your bathing suit, right? You were the youngest. I'm assuming you were the fastest. You were just crushing it. You were crushing it. There was an elderly man and he said that I was as fast as a bunny rabbit. (laughs) I said, thank you. That's awesome. Jen, how about you? What did you do for cross training? I work at a CrossFit gym, so I would try to do on on non-run days or you know, lower mileage days, I would do CrossFit classes. But my coach was super awesome. He's actually my boss too. But um, he would always say, you know, the goal is the race, not the class. So mm-hmm. I would scale things down so that I was never really pushing my limits in the gym as much because the bigger goal was the 50 miler. Yeah, you got to keep your eye on the big goal. That's the self-regulation because I'm I'm assuming coming from CrossFit, like you have gone hard in that gym, right? You do yeah, go after. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so did, was that challenging to have that self-regulation where like you just need to step back? So much because unlike Kara's experience, I was not the fast bunny rabbit in the gym. And so here I am and all my peers are like killing it. And I'm like, I could lift that. I think I could do that or I want to try. And and he was good at saying, you know what, remember the goal here. And he's like, you're not hurting yourself on my watch. So, you know, we got to tamp it down. I mean, I still got a good workout. Don't get me wrong. You know, you're still pushing yourself. You're just doing it in a different way. 
knowing that the, like the long game, it's playing the long game. Yes, exactly. Do you, were you going to say something? Yeah. Bitch? Well, I felt that so much when, when I would go to yoga and I was, and I was in the yoga class and I wanted to tell people I just ran and I, and, and before I ran, I actually <laughs> swam. Um, and I wanted to create a t-shirt that said that so they would understand, like, I'm, I'm not going into triangle as well because of this. And so I felt that, yeah. that pressure of the mind. But then just like you, like it, it's about the bigger picture. It's about, um, letting go of that ego, that attachment to, um, to performing your best. And this was just yoga, for example. And, and in yoga, obviously you're supposed to just, you know, come into the breath and, and allow things to happen, not endure or be the best in yoga. Cause there is no prize at the end except winning life. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's that stepping back. That's, that's really, um, it really accentuates too the power of having a coach and somebody to look and, and guide big you. Big time, big time. Yeah. What about recovery? So we talked about cross training, but after these long runs, I mean, you're both moms, you're wives, you're, uh, let's face it, you're head of the household, right? You're the boss. And, um, how are you making time for yourself to recover? And what does recovery look like? I know, Kara, you're a, you're a big fan of like, high level nutrition. That's a really big oh, yeah. piece of what you do. And uh, so why don't you kick us off with uh, recovery? So what I did, um, I kept moving, to be honest, I felt like anytime I sat around, I would get a little stiff. So movement was a big part of it. Um, I did massage and cryo, <laughs> anything that relaxed, um, jacuzzi, ice baths, whatever. Um, drinking lots of liquids and also electrolytes. That was my big thing. And, um, yeah, I would always have a nice meal afterwards. I didn't care. <laughs> what does a nice meal look like for you? A cheeseburger or something. I'm hungry. I just like <laughs> running like 26 miles. I'm done. <laughs> That's awesome. Jen, how about your recovery? What were your focuses? Yeah, we actually learned about cryo and tried cryo together, and that was so much fun. Mm -hmm. That was quite an experience. I think we brought a little life to the cryo place down the street. Um, <laughs> we, we went in there, took pictures. We had the cameras rolling. It was hilarious. But that was really interesting. I had never done that. It was very cold. Um, we did that, I don't know, probably three or four times. Um, and that was worthwhile. The pool was also great for me for recovery. Mm -hmm. And we live right by the ocean. So when you can just get yourself down to the ocean and dip in there, that is huge. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of food and uh, electrolytes were huge too. I mean, we found that was a game changer. Um, I started to realize that on all my long run days, if I wasn't drinking electrolytes, that I was just not hydrating well enough. So mm -hmm. that helped me a ton. Um, I had a slightly different angle with nutrition. Um, I mean, I love a good cheeseburger now and again, but um, but mostly I tried to I tried to find good sources of fuel. Like, um, you know, I knew I needed to have more carbs. I was also hungry all the time. I mean, I'd come home from a run and I feel like I could just eat the whole household. But trying to plan in advance what I was going to have so that I was strategic about it um, that was helpful. Yeah, because the bag of chips is like, that's so easy and quick. Mm -hmm. um, so to have yourself, you know, set up for success, I think is huge. And um, 
in, in order for your muscles to really receive the nutrition to help um, complement the training, the load that you, the load of stress that you just put on it. Yeah. What did you during the training during the longer training runs? What did, did you guys plan for nutrition during those? sessions or, uh, yeah. How did you do it? Loops or support? Like how, how did you guys approach that? So for me, um, we would have the, the camelback and use it as a backpack. And I put my water and, um, electrolytes on the side and you were so excited, like five miles in, you were going to have a peanut butter sandwich or something like that. And then <laughs> four more miles, you'd have like a little power bar and then you run back and maybe one more treat and then you get home. But those little treats kept you going too. There were like little rewards at the end of your mileage and it was so exciting. I'd be like, Ooh, in five more miles, I get a peanut butter sandwich. Um, whereas <laughs> if I was training for a marathon, I'll be honest, I never did any of that. I would take maybe one thing a goo, water electrolytes, that's it. But with ultra running, that's what I said. It is so much fun. You get to eat and run. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, it was the, great. At one time, I had a 26-mile run, and I stopped at five guys and had a burger. <laughs> and then I went and I continued running another 10 miles. Like, who does that? That's crazy. But you have to learn how to process the food. So I was training my body. Just in case there was a five guys in the middle of case. nowhere. Yeah. I mean, you know, you never know you never what you're know. going to hallucinate about on the trail. That's so true. I thought that was one helpful nugget that came out of the book was that she said to learn how to eat while you're running. And I'm really glad we did that because most people, at least to this day, I feel like most people that I work with are like, oh, I can't eat before I run. I can't do this mm -hmm. and I can't do mm -hmm. that. I'm like, well, actually, you'd be surprised at what you can do when you practice. So you, we practiced eating while running or eating before running, just like you practiced anything else. So um, yeah, I think there was a time where I was on a long trail run and I had packed like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then I got, I really started to like those um, pretzel filled, filled with peanut butter, mm. you know, those, because they just had a lot of salt, a lot of carbs, but also fat and protein too. And that's not something I feel like I would eat in my regular life, but it helped mm -hmm. me a lot in training. Um, so yeah, definitely practicing with the food. Yeah, I've used those. Um, I get them at, well, I used to get them at Trader, well, I still get them at Trader Joe's now. Um, but then I ate too many and I got sick and now they're, uh, that's what our dog gets for treats. It's ridiculous. Uh -oh. It's like, <laughs> he comes back from peeing and he's like, hey, okay. lady, get to the cabinet. Give me one of those pe peanut butter stuffed pretzels. Because I just ate too many. I was like, these are so good. That's got everything. And then it was like, I don't yep. ever want to have another one ever again. Um, yeah. Hey, did, that's a good question um, to ask you. Was there anything that you just got burnt out on and you were like, okay, no, all done with the the Five Guys burgers or anything that you burned out on? No, actually, I went and started training after our race for a half marathon where you don't eat and run. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, it's so sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't get any little treats, maybe a piece, a little gummy bear, but that's it. Um, yeah, no, I think I really like the little treats. It was like so exciting when you get to like the top of a hill and you're like, I get a little something special. But you planned for that for the week. Like food was the most exciting thing during <laughs> ultra training. That's all Jen and I talked about yeah, was food. We did talk about food. I think 
but maybe with your question about that and to your point earlier, Kara, was that I was not into goo at all while mm-hmm. with ultra. That was more like you need real food with an ultra. Yeah. None of this goo garbage that's only going to last you another half mile. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Yeah, I guess goo is kind of like done for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had a, a margarita cliff block since 2008. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was and that's not probably, missing it. <laughs> no, I don't even know if they make them anymore. I was eating so many of them. I might have kept that flavor in business and then put it out of business when I stopped. Um, <laughs> what was? Oh, I did like the jelly bellies, though. I did get into oh, those a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Those are big in the ultra community. Jelly bellies for yeah. sure. Um, what, Kara? What, if anything, kept you up at night, like waking up in the middle of the night and thinking about this? Anything in particular? Well, it was going to be my first time running 50 miles. So I kept thinking, am I going to be able to do this? And also, how do I keep myself safe until race day? (laughs) And what was funny was the only time I had a panic, the only time I really was stressed out, um, Aga, uh, she works for our PR department, wanted <laughs> wanted me to go skiing. And I was like, oh, I don't know. These links aren't insured for this movie, <laughs> this low, low budget movie. What are we going to do? And she's like, oh, just be safe. And I, the whole time skiing, I was freaked out. I was going to fall and ruin all of my training and just doing something stupid. So I was pretty careful that day. (laughs) And Jen, what would you say is the biggest thing you had to overcome to complete the training and complete the distance? I think it was fitting the training into everyday life and, and being a mom on top of it. I think it, you feel sort of like, Oh, for those people who do this for a living and this is like, you know, they get paid for this. This is what they do. You're like, I could see how you'd fit that in because it's like your main responsibility. But with, uh, ha- you know, working and then getting my kids to and from school, that was back when we had school, like in person and that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, they have all their sports and stuff after school that kind of fitting it into the crevices of my life. That was probably the biggest part of uh, overcoming. I think I had to deal with. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's switch gears to this like insane girl gang of uh, supporters <laughs> that you had. Because Beach and I are watching the documentary the other night, and I'm like, hold where on a minute. Like, <laughs> where do you get support oh, like that? They're so amazing. We are so lucky. So yeah. lucky. Oh, my gosh. So you guys do a um, – you you put on your own 50K in the documentary in preparation for this race. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, your first – your first support stop is like six miles in. I'm looking at my husband. I'm like, you make me go out seven hours on the trail by myself, <laughs> by myself. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's been times out there where I'm like, I wonder if I will die today and nobody would even know. Um, so, I mean, this, this community that you had around you that, that even, you know, created the documentary. First of all, you had a full uh, team of women that created this documentary along with you guys. And then your support crew and your pacers. Um, 
I will <laughs> throw kudos to your husbands because they did, um, they mm-hmm. were part of your pacing as well. Although uh, I think it was recorded that that was a, a slower section of the race <laughs> when they were pacing you. I'm just saying. Don't um, tell them. Shh. No, no, I'm kidding. We won't tell them. <laughs> the girls were way tougher. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about no, this no. team that came together to, to support you and to create the documentary. We are so lucky. I, I think, yeah, it kind of started with some of my runners. So I coach um, running, but it's it's like a fitness class, right? So I, I get people who are interested in running and we run around the neighborhood and stuff like that. And I help teach people how to run as adults. And um, some once I was telling some of them what we were thinking about doing and like Kara's pitch, um, they were like, you should do it. I, You absolutely should do it. And I want in on whatever it is I can do to help. And so even before we had signed up, we had a list of people who wanted to crew for us. And so that was really cool. And so the women who ended up crewing for us, I mean, they are like, again, I have to shout out moms. They are so organized and amazing because (laughs) they just put it, I swear to God, Kara and I have said this a million times, but we think we could like put them out for hire, Uh like to be crews for other people because they were just so good. And that's why they were with us for the 50K was was because they were practicing for the, the 50 miler. We were trying to figure out like how many stops we would need. They wanted to know what kind of food we wanted. I mean, they just, they put this together like a business. It was so amazing. Um, and the emotional support too. Um, every week they'd be like, okay, how's your training going? What can we do? And uh, just unreal, really amazing people. And then the other side of it, the production side, so... Um, our friend Brandy, who is the director of Road to 50, she she came up to me and Jen, she's like, do you guys mind if I um, <laughs> document this? And we were like, yeah, sure. Thinking it was going to be a slideshow or <laughs> yeah. you know, a couple like, of pictures. Oh. I didn't understand what she was talking about, but I was like, yeah, yeah, you could film the end of the race. Oh, that'd be such a nice keepsake and she's like no no i'm gonna i'm gonna document it with interviews and stuff i was like oh she's kidding but yeah 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 that's fine we had to have meetings it was oh it was crazy (laughs) and then um yeah then she would tell us even though we ran like 20 miles that day she's like i need to film both you and jen together maybe like four miles (laughs) and i'm like what out of here all right fine so we would we would get some more practice in extra practice um and that was crazy and then the other person that jumped on was aga because okay so we have someone that wants to film and another camera woman that's friends with that woman that wants to film and then aga jumps on and she says well hey guys i can help promote you and we're like oh good so basically jen and i are just like these silly little runner girls <laughs> with this amazing team around us. Yeah. We're very blessed. They, this thing got bigger than us really fast. So really it fast. was, it was fun though. We even had to go to Northern California and scout the course yeah. because from a director's perspective, she wanted to know what she was in for. And so we had to go up there and see the whole place. And it, it was so cool. All that we got to do because of Brandy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of, um, I actually emailed Aga and I asked her if there was any kind of inside stories that may have not um, 
been included in the documentary. And she said to ask you guys about, um, Jill in the, in the, in the cart on the beach. She said, or, she said, or, but I'm going to go and the red, the creepy red van. So tell us these stories. <laughs> I'll do the creepy red van. You that do. Feels Jill. Appropriate. That feels appropriate. Go ahead, Kara. What's up? There's with the more than one story. I know. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so the creepy red van, I could tell you, um, would follow us in all of our film. Uh, like with the 50K, it would just start lurking by us. But the part where it started getting really creepy, and I, and I whispered to Jen, you know what? I'm here for a race. I don't know what they're really doing here. Anyway, it was, it was the 50-mile race. And you see all these racers, and they're running with us. And I'm like, we're going to get in trouble. They're going to kick us off. They're going to kick us off this trail. And you just see the van, like, pulling up and with the camera out. And people the creepy start red talking van was it. the filmers. It was Brandy. The yeah. creepy red van was and, ours. And they're like, who's doing that? Who's filming? And I'm like, Jen, just ignore them. Just keep going. It was like having your mom watch you. It's so bad. Yes. So bad. That's awesome. Right, because they didn't so want, bad. they probably didn't want you guys to like know that you were always on camera. Yeah. Right. Yeah, or be, acting yeah. any different. Be authentic. Yeah. Yes. So Jen and That's I right. decided to act like teenagers and ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> We they told like, us too. They were like, don't, you got to pretend we're not there, which is hard when they're like making a yeah. scene. <laughs> right. 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 Like, and you're like, do I look yeah. okay? Like what's going on with my hair? Yeah. The whole thing. Um, all right. What's up with uh, Jill in the, is it a shopping cart? What is the story? Okay. So I don't know what this cart is called, but it's like the, it's like a wire cart that you push things around in. It's, it's, like open on all sides because it's made out of like big wire squares, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't it's know what it's It's an old lady for. shopping cart that you used to put in apartment buildings, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah or like maybe people like towed around documents. It might be yeah. in an office. You might find it in an office. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, like a um, mail room. Yes, it's yeah. like that. Exactly. And so it's not meant to like hold, hold a human or it's not meant for filmmaking or anything like that. But we were filming on the beach in Redondo and um, actually the person who was in the cart was Brandy's daughter. And she she was holding the camera and someone was moving the cart, I think, to get like a almost like a pano smooth scene because it was on wheels. And that her weight shifted it and she fell down and the camera went, I mean, it was just hilarious. And the, I think the reason why Jill was part of this was because there was footage of Jill looking at her like, what an idiot. I can't believe, you know, and here I'm like, I'm like worried and I'm going to catch Haley out of the cart. And Jill's like, guys, you're amateurs. This is ridiculous. So, <laughs> oh, that was, I think if someone else was filming us doing that, that would have been that would have been good TV. I like I like that Jen Jen was the hero. She was catching the kid, and I went to go catch the camera. I was like, oh no! But the kid, the kid's fine. Yeah, it's good to be. There's a shot of Jill just going, oh gosh, you guys, this is the worst. Hey, listen, Spielberg had to start somewhere, and I'm sure there was a mail cart in in there somewhere. I'm sure of it. All right, what about these uh, race day garbage bags that didn't make it into the documentary either? <laughs> okay, so I, I this was just so dumb, but yes, I bought a whole 
pack of garbage bags because we found out like right a week before the race that it was going to be a torrential downpour. And so I went and got garbage bags and I started cutting the arms off so that you in the head hole and whatever so you could put in. I realized, first of all, this garbage bag was way too small and like it only went up to like my torso. And I think I just just misread it. So then I had to go back at a whole nother big, bigger thing of garbage bags, cut the armholes. And then that one fit. That one was good. So I cut one for everybody and I left them in the hotel room. (laughs) Perfect. I, the worst part was, so I'm in a hotel room with my family. We were all on spring break the week after this thing. So all of our families traveled up to the race with us. And so I'm in a hotel room. I barely got any sleep. I have all of my stuff in the bathroom ready to go. The family is all sleeping while I'm getting ready for this thing. And I, and I leave the key because I'm not going to need it. I'm going to run. Um, and I get all the way downstairs and I realize I left the garbage bags up in the bathroom and I have no way to get back in. And, and it's asleep. pouring rain pouring, on the day pouring of rain. this 50 mile trail race. It was just insane. I love how Kara talks about the rain because she's from rain and she knows and it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. And I've lived in England and Washington State and New York. It was like sheets and sheets of rain. And I'm like, this is a joke. This is crazy. Yeah. But you were both feeling in the documentary, it captures you guys in the morning and you both Mm -hmm. seemed really calm. But I was laughing, uh, Jem, when uh, you were asked, like, how did you sleep? And you're like, sleep? Yeah, there was no sleep. I, I, yeah, there was no sleep. <laughs> I did not sleep. What was what was keeping you up? I know the, the the day, but was there anything particularly like like would you finish or? Uh, oh, yeah. Not wake well, up. Not wake up. Part, oh yeah, there's that. Of course, I always fear that. Um, part of it was that the day before I had to fly. I think everyone else drove. I flew there, and um. I woke up the day before with a huge migraine. I had a migraine all day long, and I I was worried that if I didn't sleep, I wouldn't be able to get over this headache. And so all night, I remember I'd like wake up, and I'd be like, "Is still there? Okay, go back to sleep. See if you can get more sleep. You need more sleep before you." And I I just kept waking up all night long. You know, one of those like every half hour you check the clock, and nope, you didn't get you know. It's it's still not morning, um, and I luckily I I woke up and I fi- I felt great that day. I love the um, let's start moving towards the uh, like the race day. But you get this news that you know the start line's underwater and it's going to rain. So then it captures you guys packing like way more than you would normally pack, like <laughs> sh- shoes mm-hmm. and backup shoes and road shoes. Cause part of this, it, I should say that it's the American river 50, which, um, I think most people in California may be familiar mm-hmm. with. It's a really popular race that there, there is a large portion of this that is on road. Um, and, uh, we were, we were kind of watching it and, and, you know, kind of giggling a little bit because you guys did this, you know, the, well, first of all, your girl gang was giving you foot massages, which was like, again, we have got <laughs> team yogi triathletes getting screwed. Mm-hmm. We have got to up our support game. I've never had a foot massage at a trail race before, but you changed your socks, or you changed your shoes and you were like, well, that was kind of pointless because we were soaking wet. Um, into the next yeah, puddle. Yeah, right into the mm-hmm. next puddle. So 
looking back on the race and, and, uh, I highly encourage everybody to go and support this film, um, support these ladies and, and watch it. You can watch it on Vimeo and, uh, perhaps there's other places we can watch it and we'll, we'll ask about that before we end the show. But what would, looking back now, is there anything you would have done differently? Uh, well, as amazing as our crew was, I think we needed to do a little bit more. Hi, bye. We're still running. Bye. We'll see you next time. Because they would stop. Well, we would stop. They had snacks for us. They would ask us questions. How are you feeling? What are you doing? And we would, we would be like, oh, okay, you know, this is great. And, you know, obviously for footage reasons, that was helpful. But at the same time, we're like, we didn't realize how much time it was sucking up that we were like stopping and catching up. Like our families were there. Our kids were at some of these cruise stops and everyone wants to talk to us and before we know it like we're at this cruise stop for like 10 minutes <laughs> like oh my god uh, I think probably we would shorten those a bit I, I would agree with Jen completely it was about um, not stopping like I, I, <laughs> I think I wouldn't change anything because I really appreciated all the love along the way and it was our first one yeah. so that's okay but knowing what I know now, my second one would probably be a lot quicker. And I would yeah. move through stations and not worry about certain things. Did you put the... Grab and go. Yeah, yeah, grab and go. Did you, did you mm -hmm. put the, the trust and faith in your pacers to manage the time? Or were you guys cognizant of... Because I know there were some points where you guys were like, how, you know, how much further do we need to go to to make this cutoff? Did you have a general idea and did you have watches and that, or did you just put all the faith and trust into your, your pacers? I think a little of both. We did have watches. We knew the time. What I think the hardest part was there was confusion. So we, you kept, we kept going, oh, well, the next stop is this stop. And then there's this many miles left. So there's stuff that just didn't seem to make sense. Now, I don't know if it was like a we were kind of in the middle of nowhere for some of these areas, so we don't know if it was a GPS issue. We, I don't know. Or maybe we were delirious. I'm not sure what was happening. But ultimately, I think we did put the trust in our pacers because they knew the maps better than we did. We just ran. They, like, studied this thing. They knew what, what station was coming next. I think there was just confusion of, like, how, many, uh, how much more time before we get to the next... <laughs> stop because I feel like we've been running forever. I don't know. We, and I didn't confused. understand all the cutoffs, to be honest. <laughs> so in a marathon or a half marathon, maybe you have one or two or whatever, but there was like, it seemed like five or something. And, and towards the yeah. end, I remember I was like, okay, got past that last one. We're free to go. And then people are like, no, you're running out of time. And I'm like, what time is it? <laughs> Where are we? What is happening right now? And then <laughs> and they're like, you got an hour to run two miles. I'm like, what are you guys? Of course we can do that. It was just crazy. We thought, I think that was the, probably the biggest thing was we were like, we can totally run two miles in an hour. But what we didn't know was how steep the end was. I mean, even Dean Carnassus gave us this warning, but we just didn't, I think we just didn't realize. It, it was like steep, steep. And so... You couldn't run all of it. And and then, of course, on top of it, you also have mud and, and slippery areas. So we couldn't run all of it anyway. But it was just like, 
so confusing. Why is it that it's going to take us so long? Yeah, it's and really 50 miles. So 50 miles is no joke. Like 50 miles is a tough way to go. And uh, a mile can take half an hour or a mile can take 11 or 12 minutes. It depends on the terrain. It depends mm-hmm. on the the technicality mm-hmm. of, of the course. Is it yeah. single track? Is it fire road? Like it's just, it's all over the place. So you really do, you lose that concept of like time and space. <laughs> and, and of course then yeah. you're just like, what, f- like mile, what, like 43? Yeah. It's just so long. Yeah. Um, so there's super cool part in the movie where you guys called Dean and, uh, whose yeah. idea was that? I love that idea. Aga. Aga did all that cool stuff. She's, yeah. she, reached out to everybody. She's amazing. And um, so he gave you guys a piece of advice about which we uh, we preach over here at Yogi Triathlete, which is about presence and the present mm-hmm. moment. Stay in the yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he talks about how obviously he's a well-accomplished runner and he's got such a gentleness like in his tone and kindness. And um, he talks about, you know, just one foot in front of the other. And so for both of you guys, did that, did you remember that piece of advice? And did you put that into action at any point during the race? I a hundred percent did. I remember not only, um, thinking of it often, but benefiting from it hugely because one thing that was super cool, well, we, we heard later that there was drama with the kids. We didn't know that. At the time, I was thinking, oh, how amazing. I'm out here in this beautiful terrain running this race with a great friend, and my kids are taken care of. Everything's fine. And look around. This place is amazing. And I remember just trying to have um, like gratitude in the moment, like take a breath in, look around, you know, don't think about the leg pain. Think about how cool this is. And that helped me a ton. Mm -hmm. And then later we heard drama about the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But we watched the video and I'm like, why is my kid covered with mud and has no shoes on? Was he in the water? What's going on? Um, (laughs) And then the grandparents telling us stories. No, everyone decided to run down the hill to cheer you on, but then left us with like 17 kids. (laughs) It's hilarious. Anyway, um, I think for me, it was staying in the moment. Um, I did feel this uh, relief knowing that our kids were taken care of. Um, We had no worries. The only worry we had was to get across that finish line. So that's all we focused on. It was really the only time in my life where you weren't thinking about a million things, bills to pay, what, what do I have to do this, that. You just had this one assignment to do, focus on it. Um, and also staying in the moment helped me because I did have a major asthma attack towards the end. Um, and then the asthma attack also became a little bit of a panic attack too because of time. So staying in that moment, calming myself back down and like, getting to the point that I needed. It, it all helped. This, this practice of presence you both experienced um, and you used, obviously, on that day, have you, have you been able to pull upon that in any part of your everyday life over the past, you know, two or something years? Yeah, I think I tried to do that um, regularly. But it is it is something that takes mm-hmm. practice. Like, you know, it's maybe not your first go-to reaction to something, but 
I think it's been helpful throughout this pandemic, like to mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. actually, you know, right now I'm safe. I'll be okay. Everything's fine. But you can get into this like forward thinking of like, oh my God, what could happen? What what would this mean for us? And and really none of it's true. It's not happening now. You're just in fear. So it's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Kara, same, same thing. Same here. I think it's I think it's been really helpful during the pandemic. And also when you do have certain blessings in life, when something great comes your way, just to take that moment and really appreciate it. Take it in, soak it in, you know, it really helps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We had a long time to think for 50 miles. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of things that will come up over the course of 50 for sure. Um, How Mm -hmm. did you guys navigate the naysayers? I can't remember which one of you it was, but I was listening to one of the podcasts you had been on and uh, somebody was saying like, you're going to die. Like you have varicose (laughs) veins and you know that you can't run 50 miles with varicose veins. And what are you thinking? Who, which one of you was that? That was me, Kara. Yeah, that was after my aquatic swim. (laughs) That's the problem with going and hanging out with the 90-year-olds, too. Okay, so there is a backside to that problem. (laughs) Anyway, um, but even though that made me really angry in that moment, it also made me want to prove to that woman that I could do it. It didn't scare me. Um, I did get cleared from a doctor, though, afterwards. (laughs) Just in case afterwards, the 90 year old was right. Um, doctor was like, you're fine. You're young. Good luck. Yeah. Bye. So you, you remove um, the doubt. That's what we encourage. Yeah. I removed the doubt. And, but I also wanted to prove it wrong that you can do this. Don't tell me yeah. I can't. And I think you're going to hear a lot of people. Why it's so far. And are you sure you want to do this? Is that real running? Because you're not running really as fast as you would for a half or a marathon. And and we had a lot of things come up. A lot of positive things, but also a little bit of negative with ultra. People are very critical of it. Yeah. So um, can you give us an example of of what that, like somebody would say, besides the elderly woman that said you were going to die, um, any other just criticisms, <laughs> you know, as moms, like you're taking time away from your kids and your family and you have responsibilities oh, and this yeah. is selfish. Like, so anything like that? I think there's a little of this, you know, maybe it's judginess, like, right? Like that people never miss a single thing of their kids and I'm off running you know during a game or a practice um but at the same I don't know I guess I tend to go towards the positive so I'll I'll keep going um I think there was doubt whether we had time to fit it in I mean in anybody's life you think you're busy how are you going to do this other huge thing on top of your busy schedule Maybe that was my own. (laughs) Um, I don't know. For the most part, I think we are pretty fortunate. Um, Sometimes I would get a little bit of um, critical feedback from runners that win races that are superior runners, that are fast runners, that do 5Ks, 10Ks. They look down on ultra. They look down a little bit on ultra because how fast can you actually go? Is that like, you're not running, you're taking a break, you're eating, you know, you're doing all these things. And I'm like, no, for me, 
the challenge was more about the mileage. How much mileage could I get in? Yeah. You know, um, if I wanted to be faster, I would have ran another marathon or a half and worked on my speed training. But for me, it was like, how much mileage can an actual person do? It was so amazing to me. I never heard of this ultra running. And to think that I ran 50 miles just blows my mind. So I run with Jen in the morning now, and we do like three or four, and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, how did we do that? (laughs) (laughs) That was probably the word that came up the most, was people just thinking it was crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, oh, my God, 50 miles, like, all at once? Yeah. Did you do, you know, they they were confused by how that how well, and you out. can tell your 5K people to go check out this weekend. Zach Bitter's going for the 100, um, what is it, 24 hours, how many miles he can get in in 24 hours. And so I think wow. it's going to be an insane amount. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Beach? Yeah. Oh, my crazy. God. And it's these 5K wow. slash ultra runners that have the capability of doing, can be good at both. A lot. They're running yes. like yes, 15 minutes. Yeah. We'll get there one day. <laughs> we'll get there one day. <laughs> yeah. but, but here's the thing. You guys, yeah. you guys went into this, and this is where we lose sight of things um, as athletes. Like once we know our times, we start to get caught up in it, and we, we mm-hmm. roll mm-hmm. into the, the, the Strava and what's going on in social media and what others are doing, where you guys simply wanted to have an experience to go um, push yourselves to a limit. And so you can really backtrack on that question from the 5K um, person and just if you just had a conversation of well why are you, what what are you in this for and we we tend to put our mm-hmm. own our own spin on on what we interpret other people's dreams and missions to be like they have to be like mine um, but when we at the very mm-hmm. essence of it all it's just let's go have an experience let's see what this is like and yeah there are rules and there's paces and cutoff times and all that but let's just go experience life in this moment. Um, and see what we're capable of. And at the very essence, let's celebrate that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Kara, there's a beautiful part in the, in the documentary when you're talking about being your own hero. And can you explain a little bit of kind of this revelation that you had that, you know, we look outside of ourselves for heroes and what it means to become your own hero? Well, I kept wondering could I possibly run an ultra? And then I thought about it and I thought about these elite athletes that were running the ultras. I saw a lot of that, but then when I started, um, YouTubing like a bunch of just the regular runners that were doing 50 miles plus hundred plus or whatever, but they were just regular average runners, nothing fancy. They weren't going in for the fastest time. And I saw, that they could do it. And I thought to myself, well, why can't I? Why can't I just do it? Why can't I be my own hero? Why can't, why can't I do it? I'm going to try and see if I can. Instead of looking at, you know, these amazing people and trying to be their speed, why can't I be that elite athlete that tries to attempt this? So for me, it was all about um, seeing if I could do it and believing that I could do it. And the the people that encouraged me the most in the beginning were the average runners who were trying it for the first time and they were older too they were like 50 year old men and i was like if a 50 year old man can run 50 miles why can't i right exactly and so what does it feel like to become your own hero 
Because you you finished, you did it, and your emotion at the end of the um, yeah, both of you guys had me crying at the end of the finish line. (laughs) Um, Yeah, what does that feel like to to fulfill that to become your own hero? It was so amazing. Even watching the movie again for us a million times, I cry at the end. Um, Just seeing your kids there, and and they're looking at you like. Wow, my mom just ran 50 miles. I cannot believe this. And your mom, who was even there, a little bit of the doubters, the moms. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they don't want their daughters to be being pushed this far. But they're like, oh, my God, they did it. The yeah. two of them did it. I can't yeah. believe it. It was crazy. It felt really yeah. good. Um, Jen, how has this experience influenced you as a coach? Oh, that is a really good question. Um, I think, well, well, about changing your idea about limits. I think that has helped me. It has helped me a lot with that. In other words, well, part of it, for one, is knowing you can do something tough and, and trying to teach my athletes that they can do tough things too. And so I noticed myself saying, even to my kids, a lot of the time, it's not so much about getting away from things that are hard. It's about leaning into them a little bit and knowing you can get through it. And that is, I think, a lesson everyone should learn. And, and I've started noticing with some of my younger athletes that I coach, they don't have that mindset necessarily yet. Um, because... I don't know, maybe our generation is padding a lot for our kids. And, and you know, you don't want to see your kid go through something hard and you don't want to see people struggle. But knowing that actually you're better off when you get to the other side of that is a huge lesson. And I would rather teach my kids that lesson than to just avoid the things that are tough. Yeah. Yeah, there's a um, a principle mm-hmm. in yoga known as um, non. It's non-stealing, basically, and so that it's like obvious, right? Like you don't go to don't go to the mall and steal stuff. But really, what they're talking about is stealing from other people's experiences. That you know, and especially as moms, um, as wives, mm-hmm. like you don't want to see the ones that you love so much suffer, but if we step in all the time, we're stealing from their experience to be able to navigate this rich itinerary for life. And so what a beautiful takeaway you were able to, to have from, from this experience. Um, so let's see, uh, where can people watch the documentary? Is it just on Vimeo? Is it other places? Um, I know you guys got into a film festival. Tell us where people can find out more about you guys. Uh, Kara runs our awesome Instagram page, so you can find us at Road to 50 Miles on Instagram. We're also on Twitter and on Facebook, um, but you can watch the movie at Vimeo. Um, you can search Road to 50 Miles at Vimeo, and you can get um, get the movie there and the trailer, which is awesome. And we are waiting to hear back from three more film festivals, so fingers crossed that something happens with those. But when even if we do get into one of those film festivals, they're quick. They're like, okay, you have a weekend to watch us through those things. So um, maybe by the time this airs, there'll be more information about that. But at this point in time, Vimeo is the place to go to find us. What's, uh, 
as we wrap this up, yeah. what's what do you hope someone who hears the story, um, who meets you in person or watches the the film, what what would your your hope be for them that they can they can pull away from this experience? Um, I hope that they're encouraged to try whatever um, difficult challenge is on their plate. Um, it doesn't have to be an ultra, although that would be really cool. <laughs> but it could be anything that they've been wanting to try and not just physical. It could be a mental challenge um, just to go for it and know that deep down inside, you're going to be able to do it if you believe in yourself. Yeah, I want to I, I love that. And I want to take the word can't out of people's vocabulary a little bit. There's this sense that. Um, I think that's one of my favorite things I love about my running group. Um, people come to me and they're like, oh, I can't run. I'm not a runner. And I'm like, well, absolutely, you can run. Um, and I prove, I think I prove it to them in, in showing them that you can do anything and when you're, when you're supported and when you're surrounded by people and when you believe in yourself. Um, but yeah, I think we want to give people that, the confidence and the belief that if we could do it, you can do it. And um, it's worth it. That's awesome, ladies. Thank you so much for your time today, Thank for you. sharing, for letting us dive in with you and laugh with you. And um, I hope everybody goes and supports you and this just incredible team that you guys, that came around you, really, that came around you and so organically put together this beautiful documentary. And I hope you get into lots of festivals and win. And, uh, <laughs> and so... Yay. One final question that just came in, which I think wraps us up full circle. What's next? <laughs> oh, I hate that, that question. question. I hate that question. That's What's next? One. Yeah. So I've been trying to convince Jen that we should do a hundred, but oh. we're going to, we're going to slowly <laughs> decide this throughout the year. Nice. But I think it would be awesome. I hear, I hear my own advice going out and I'm like, I think I need to listen to that, like not mm -hmm. have that can't word come up. And, you know, now once again, trying to figure out how I'd fit that into my lifestyle. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think putting something on the calendar and getting moving. Um, I did do, after the race, I did do a half Ironman. And so I think one thing is for sure I think I'm going to stick with running. <laughs> that, was, that was really hard in a great way, of course, but um, I love running. <laughs> that was the whole different kind of challenge. So I, yeah, I think mm -hmm. a 50 miler or a, a hundred or something like that would be really, or even a hundred K, something like that would be really fun mm -hmm. to focus on next. Yeah. yeah well, you guys were talking a uh, hundred mile, hundred K. And one of the ones that was, I've, I've done the Havelina hundred, the hundred K, not the hundred oh, mile. I see that one. Oh okay. my God, ladies. I just feel like your personalities, like it is such a party. It is so much fun. And, um, Ooh. people have said to me, like, if you're going to do a hundred mile, like that is such a great first hundred miler. Um, and I can, and Beach pace me at the hundred K, but it was, it was, <laughs> You know, I say, so I say this with a, a grain of salt, right? Like it was yeah. easier than the 50 milers I've done. 
Even though, yeah, I know that sounds crazy, but when you think about it, it's 12 miles more and it didn't have the elevation gain of the 50 or the technicality or the technicality. Um, and it's super cool. Like at least pre pandemic, it was like, um, a horseshoe. You would do loops and it was mm-hmm. like washing machine. So you'd go out one direction and then you turn around and it pulls in like some really big elite names. And, um, so yeah, it's a really cool one. You guys should check that out. You'd love the race That's director. That's where I'm from. Oh, I'm, really? Cool. I'm from the Phoenix area. And yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I, we should look into that one. That okay. Cool. All right. Seeds planted. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Awesome, ladies. Thank you so much. It's been such a joy to be with you today. Thank you for having us. This was fun. 